Welcome to Work From Your Happy Place, the podcast that equips you with the tools, know-how, and motivation to live your dreams and find your happy place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a recap of the week's guests and a preview of what's in store. To sign up, simply text the word happy place with no space to 33444. Now, it's my pleasure to introduce the host of Work From Your Happy Place, Belinda Ellsworth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Work From Your Happy Place. I'm your host, Belinda, and I'm really excited about our guest today. I have Nick Loper with me, and Nick helps people earn money outside of their day job. He's an author, online entrepreneur, and host of the award-winning Side Hustle Show podcast, which features new part-time business ideas each week. As chief side hustler at SideHustleNation.com, he loves deconstructing the tactics and strategies behind building extra income streams. I'm very excited about this show today as it is right up my wheelhouse. So welcome, Nick, to our show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's let's dive right into this because right now people are looking for side hustles. They're looking for extra streams of income. They are looking for ways to kind of do something in addition to this day job, you know, to try to bring just some extra security with the unknowns that's happening in the world. So this is a perfect timing. Why don't you just fill in some of the gaps from your bio and tell us how you came to do what you do today, and then exactly how are you helping others create this side hustle opportunity? I'll try and fill in some of the gaps. You bet. Well, I I feel very grateful to be able to work from my happy place, uh, which is my home office, or like actually the home uh, corner of the bedroom, as it were. But it's uh, I feel really grateful. So I went from uh, painting houses in college, selling paint jobs door to door, to selling probably millions of dollars worth of shoes online as an affiliate. I had a uh, comparison shopping site uh, called shoesniper.com. I uh, started on the side from that, the Side Hustle Show and SideHustleNation.com. And along the way, married my high school sweetheart. We've got a couple kids. One is just about to turn five and the other is two and a half. And they uh, definitely keep us busy in, uh, in the spare time. Awesome. So right now with everyone looking so much for this side hustle, like what, um, what's your biggest piece of advice for people finding that right fit for them? The biggest thing is so many people get stuck with, uh, I just need the, that perfect side hustle idea. And there's plenty of like plug and play side hustles where, you know, you can go deliver for Instacart and DoorDash and stuff. And that's totally viable, not knocking that at all. But you're because it's a skill that almost everybody has, you're, there's a natural downward pressure on your earning potential, earning power there. So what I would recommend to do is look around for problems, problems that you've overcome in your own life, problems that you're still experiencing in your own life, problems that other people complain to you about, because that's really what a business is. It's a problem-solving machine, a repeatable system for making somebody's problems go away. And if you can focus on that rather than this like lightning bolt uh, of inspiration, hoping for this crazy business idea that may, may, may or may not ever have been proven before, like that's kind of a risky place to play. Instead, look at these problems and they don't even need to be uh, crazy. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but they don't need to be, need to be you know, super 
daunting, hard to solve necessarily problems. Actually, there was, mm-hmm. I interviewed a woman not too far from you in Westland who had a pooper scooper business. And it, the discovery was like in her own backyard, man, I really don't love doing this. But you know what? If it's a pain for me, probably a pain for other people too. And if I was getting paid, I might like enjoy this a little bit more. And so now she has a hundred something weekly recurring customers and she's got other people out doing the labor. It's like, this is, I don't know, for whatever reason, that one is really inspiring for me, but starting with a problem and then going from there. Wow. I grew up in Westland. That's actually uh, (laughs) exactly where I'm from. So that is so funny. Well, that's awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about how has your business shaped your lifestyle today? I mean, the lifestyle, again, I feel very grateful. Again, working from my happy place, uh, for me, that was one of the big driving factors of of this desire to run my own thing, like to be an entrepreneur was this freedom over my calendar, freedom over my schedule, where in my day job, like my boss was never the person who was like, no, you can't take vacation. It just felt awkward. It felt weird as a grown up to have to ask like, hey, and I didn't even have a ton of vacation. And do you think I could take this Friday off like in a couple months? He never said no, it wasn't that type of situation, but it just, it was humiliating in a way. I was like, I wanted to be in control of my own calendar. So very grateful to uh, be able to do that today and take care of the kids and spend as much time with them as uh, as I'm really able to, especially during pandemic time. You know, I was used to working uh, four days a week and had a pretty consistent time blocking schedule to do that. And that scaled down to two days a week, plus, you know, some nap times and stuff if I, if I was lucky. And, you know, had there not been the pandemic, would have probably never questioned that working schedule. And so I was really, really grateful to be able to have the flexibility to do that and have the business that would support that. But also like, hey, you know, they're they're never going to be this age again. So it was really cool to be able mm-hmm. to hang out with them. So true. It is so true. And you'll feel that way at every age, but it's so true <laughs> every step along the way. <laughs> you just really have to enjoy that because – the next thing you know, in a blink of an eye, there my daughter will be a senior in high school next year. And I'm like, where in the world did that time go? And then yeah. it then it's over. So not completely, but you know what I mean? Just those special moments that you would love to get back. So I'm glad that you are discovering that and, and able to do it through the business that you're doing right now, because it's so important. And I can't say that it's a bit easy. I, I don't know. This is the other, this is the you know, the grass is always greener, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's always, there's always more to do. Like you're never really done. And and that's been a big challenge, kind of shifting that off and saying, it'll be there tomorrow. It'll be there next week. It'll be there next year. Like, look at what's in front of you right now. That's, it's a challenge to kind of turn it off. Because if you have something that you really enjoy doing and has become a part of your identity, it feels, I don't know, it feels weird to uh, put that, uh, step that aside for a minute. I don't know. You ever struggle with that? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, totally. And it's really about learning to schedule and compartmentalize because I, what I find, especially with kids, they just want your attention. And it, and it can be for short little snatches of time. They're happy to have that. So yeah. I think it's learning how to time block and say, okay, for for these two hours, I'm totally working on this project on my business. And then I'm going to spend the next 
you know, hour and a half or hour with the kids and we're going to do this. It's really learning how to be very present and using the time super wisely instead of saying, I'm going to work three days a week and totally work. And then you still don't really get done what you want to get done. And then have your couple of days off with the kids. I think it's almost better, I have found, and I've been working from home and have raised three kids doing it, um, is... It's it's almost better, and they feel it, is if you're like, oh, I'm going to go in the office for a couple of hours. And because I know I've only got a couple of hours, I am much more useful of my time and much more conscious of it. And then let's go spend an hour doing this. And then like, okay, you guys play, and I'm going to go do this, and I might work on a different project for an hour, and then we'll watch a movie. And I have found that they feel like you were present all of the time then. And yeah. they don't <laughs> so they much don't, better like, than trying to do it watched. halfway. Yeah. You, do you see what I'm saying? I, I don't know if that helps, but that has certainly helped me um, along that journey because it is a constant struggle of, I think, and especially, it, I think, obviously, you're saying it is for men, It's which I love to hear, but it, women certainly struggle with it. But it's like you're, you're always kind of feeling guilty <laughs> no matter which space you're in. So when I'm, with the kids, I'm thinking, this is great, but gosh, I've, I need to get this done and I need to be working on this because you do love it. And then at the same time, when you're working, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I need to get out there and I need to spend some time with the kids and do such and such. And so it's learning to, I think, schedule as best as you can appropriately with a good is balance as much as you can. And I think compartmentalizing and scheduling and time blocking is certainly um, all important things. But um, but to just be present and let whatever else go when you're doing what you're doing instead of letting your mind think about all what else you need to be doing. So that's my biggest advice. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Absolutely. So what do you think or what have you identified? Everybody sort of has their superpowers and uh, greatest skill sets that have helped you in owning your own business. What would you identify as yours? Oh my gosh, greatest skill sets. I mean, probably one is just like the dumb persistence to keep going. And the reason I say dumb is that nobody is tuning in to the side hustle show in the first few months, even relatively speaking, the first couple years. But it was something that I found uh, that I enjoyed doing was seeing just enough traction to keep it going. And it's turned into, you know, this thriving lifestyle business uh, of its own. So persistence to keep going, same thing and with like the the shoe business, like I would come home nights and weekends and try and bang out uh, Google ads and advertise these different models of shoes. It was like kind of slow going, whereas other people might've said like, I, I just don't think this is going to work. It's not worth it. Look at what I'm giving up. It's like, no, I, I, I think there's something here. Like, let me keep chipping away at it. So that's the, that's the first thing. The second thing that I would say and this is broader than just me, like consistent amongst all the entrepreneurs that I talk to, this skill of learning new skills where you you work, 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 you come up to this roadblock, to this hurdle, and you figure it out. Like that's the only option is I got to figure out a way around this, a way past this, over, under, through, whatever it takes. And that often involves learning some new skills. And like if if education had stopped when when school stopped, like none of, none of this would exist. And it's, it's interesting because even, and you probably get the same kind of emails and messages where it's like, did, what have you tried so far? Like, it seems like kind of a basic question, like you could Google that or you could, 
I, I don't know what what effort have you put into overcoming that on your own before lobbing a message to some random stranger on the internet. I, I worry about that. Hmm. I, I think that's absolutely right, and I think that you have to keep learning new skills. And when you don't, you just go backward. So I'm I'm a huge fan of always remain a student. And when you get to a part point where it feels so comfortable, it's probably time to expand your horizons and learn a new skill. <laughs> All right. So what is one of your most outstanding accomplishments that you've achieved that's super meaningful for you? One of the most rewarding things that happens in, in the nature of this business is getting emails, like the opposite of the email we just talked about. Instead, it's an email from a reader, from a listener that says, hey, I, you've, you've probably never heard from me, but I've been tuning in for two, three, four, five years, you know, however long it's been. Um, you, you mentioned something on this episode, or your guest mentioned something on this episode. Uh, I took action on that. And, you know, here's the results that I'm seeing. Now I'm making a thousand bucks a month. Now I'm making, now I was able to quit my job. Now I, you know, my family and I were able to take this vacation uh, without stressing out about uh, how we're going to pay for that. Like that kind of stuff never would have imagined that getting started. And it, it just, it's still as, you know, meeting those people in real life is, is awesome. And I hope, you know, really looking forward to be able to do that again. But right now, like those types of messages from readers and listeners, like definitely give me the fuel and inspiration to, to keep doing this stuff. It's like, you know, it is very, it can be very anonymous. You know, you don't hear from people a lot of the time and like, it's, yeah, just just last week, man, I thought this was a great episode, like zero feedback. What's going on out there? Um, and so occasionally when you do hear people, do for, hear from people, it really makes uh, makes a big difference. Absolutely. So let's talk about a challenge or situation that you faced and then how you worked through that. I've got a good one. Um, on my very first day of self-employment, I, I called this like retirement. I was like, I'm retired at 25. I beat the system. I got out. Like this is this is awesome. I've got visions of the four-hour work week and margaritas on the beach lifestyle ahead of me. Uh, on that day of all days, uh, and this is for the shoe business. That was the vehicle that, like, you know, finally gave me the confidence to quit my job, turn in the keys to the company car, all that jazz. Uh, on that day, Google decides they know they don't want to take my money anymore. You can no longer advertise with us. Your account no longer meets our quality guidelines, and that was. 80% of the traffic and revenue gone in an instant. And you go through the, you know, seven stages of anger and denial and all of this. You're like Google, you know, you couldn't have said something for the last two years. Like what's going on, man? They're like, Hey, no, we're sorry. You know, your site only exists to drive traffic to other sites. Like Google, what you look in the mirror, man, what's going on? It was just a frustrating, uh, frustrating time. So I had to invest in kind of redeveloping our landing pages to you know, hopefully get back in their good graces and really tell you what you what you did to offend them, but they came back three months later. They said, hey, "Looks like we made an error. You're good to go." And oh just goodness. like that, the floodgates were back open. It was it was a scary time, but it it illustrated you know when you're playing in somebody else's sandbox, that's an inherently risky place to be. So how do you build your own audience? How do you build your own email list, your own database, your own protections? Uh, in the event that something like that happens, and you've seen it from Amazon and Facebook, and like it, you know, sometimes they flex their muscles, and it and it hurts small businesses. Um, and then the other lesson was like 
the lesson of diversification. Like, man, if I, I thought I was diversified. I had 30, 40 different advertisers on the site. Like nobody was making up too big a piece of the pie, but I'd peel it back one layer. Oh, where'd all that traffic come from? Well, it relied heavily on Google ads. So the importance of diversification, building multiple income streams has something was definitely something that stuck with me from that experience too. Definitely. I, you know, we rely heavily on Facebook ads and I, I constantly am telling people you need to build your list. And now we're building our list at the same time, but we still rely heavily on that. And any times when they do a change or they say, you know, your ad doesn't approve, it's just like it holds you up for days. And so I think having those different, you know, buckets of um, income stream and being very diversified is probably one of the best pieces of advice that you can have because things always move and change and and you are relying i loved how you said you're playing in somebody else's sandbox not your own yeah it's, it can be stressful you know, we've had the facebook ad slaps and the google slaps and the algorithm changes and it's like <laughs> you know control what you can control get while the getting's good i'm all for it but yeah build build that list diversify if you can and for most of the people i talk to it's it's in terms of their income streams. Like, hey, look, you're relying on your day job, your one source of income. Like, that's an inherently risky place to be. Like, what happens if there are layoffs, downsizing? You know, there's all sorts of variables. So, mm-hmm. even if, um, even if that side hustle doesn't amount to much today, tomorrow, next month, it's like building that skill set. And I, you know, I think that makes you a more valuable employee in uh, in the near term. And I think that makes you a better entrepreneur in the long term. Absolutely. So what does working from your happy place mean to you? Well, I think there's a physical element of of that, like where are you doing it? But it's probably more of a mental state. Like, do you get to work on projects that you care about? Do you get to uh, serve an audience that you care about? Do you solve problems that you care about? That's probably the bigger one rather than where you're physically doing it. Because it's like, this is a laptop business for the most part you can you can do it from anywhere but the probably the more important thing is like what do you do once you open that laptop is it something that you care about and last on our list is what advice would you give to others wanting to be entrepreneurs i heard this and i don't remember where i read this but i read this thing that at any given time amazon is testing a thousand different variables on their website. And that's one of the reasons they dominate everything. They're like trying to eke out these little micro improvements. Maybe it's the shape of the button or the size of the text over here, something like that. But I think we can apply that and probably not to the scale that Amazon does, but like I think we can apply that to our own lives, our own businesses, and try and think like a scientist and make these little small experiments, these small tweaks, these small tests. And maybe that's uh, what would happen if I got up at 5.30 in the morning? What, hap- what would happen if I uh, you know, wrote 500 words a day? What would happen if I stopped eating artificial sugars or something? And just trying to find these little tweaks to stack up these um, kind of incremental gains. And the same thing, like to, to zoom out and say like, okay, well, it's a broader level experiment now to, I'm going to start this business. Here's my hypothesis. Here's what I think is going to happen. Hopefully it does. And hopefully it doesn't fail. But if it does fail, like, remember that scientist with the lab coat and the test tube and like, oh, the ex- an experiment can't really fail. It just 
proves or disproves the hypothesis. And it's kind of back to the drawing board the next time. So I think that experimenter's mindset lessens the sting of the inevitable failures or missteps uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are some new and exciting things that you're working on right now that you think our listeners could benefit from? Um, still working on the side hustle show every Thursday. We're at 425 episodes or so, and uh, keeping that plugging away. I'm working on a new book project called 1K 100 Ways, which features 100 money making ideas from members of the Side Hustle Nation community. Hope to have that buttoned up and out the door shortly because there's a lot of fun stuff in there too. I bet. I love that. I can't wait for that. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to send you a copy. <laughs> um, I'll, it's, I thought, I again, another aside, I thought this would be the easiest project in the world. Hey, just crowdsource answers from the community. And it's been anything but that. It's just, <laughs> and because and, and I went out and uh, told everybody the title early on, hey, 1K, 100 ways, had a nice ring to it. But these final like 18, 19, 20 stories, it's like, okay, I just need I just need 15 more. Let's go. Try to fill in that gap and get to that even nice round 100. I totally understand that. We were going to do this book called Tips from the Top. And it was at top leaders uh, in the industry that I serve a lot. And I thought, this will be good. And we gave, we said, we'll do 30 of them now. And we'll do it as an ebook. And we will um, give it away with our planner sale. And so it was just a fun promotion. And that was so painful getting those 30. And we had told everybody that next year we were going to do another 30 and they were going to publish a book of the top 100. And I was like, no, I'm not never, I'm never doing that. <laughs> yeah. What did I commit myself to? Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's hard because people, um, people just don't want to, uh, they're busy too. And so sending you their information and trying to get that edited and trying to get the information from them or a picture yeah. from them, it is uh, sometimes really, really challenging. And then I wonder sometimes uh, is like, how bad do people really want it? They've got an opportunity to be highlighted or featured and have their work get out there, but then they, they can't get back with you. And sometimes I want to stop and pause and say, how bad do you want it? Because you, you would be, jumping at this chance to be sort of spotlighted or highlighted. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. And how can our listeners find you? SideHustleNation.com is the home base for all things uh, blog and podcast related. Okay. Awesome. So thank you so much for being our guest today, sharing your pearls of wisdom. And thanks to each and every single one of you, our listeners who joined in today to gather insights from the entrepreneurs that we interview. So that you don't miss a single episode, please subscribe to Work From Your Happy Place and also leave us a review as we totally appreciate that. And uh, it allows people to find us easier. So with that, everybody have a fantastic day until the next time on Work From Your Happy Place. Thanks for joining us at Work From Your Happy Place. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. For a free gift on finding your own happy place, please visit workfromyourhappyplace.com and click on the free audio button. Thanks again for listening.